Welcome. It's good to have you with us again. This is um, Going on Offense uh, Huddle, and today's April, Friday, April 3rd. My name is Daryl Moon, and I'll be your host today. We are so excited to have you with us, especially those who joined us on Wednesday and are back to join us again for the conversation. Now, some people have asked, why are you doing these? The answer is really quite simple. After managing population mental health for over 20 years, we've learned one very important lesson. Early intervention and prevention are the keys to success. With the current conditions around us, we can't just sit back and hope everyone's going to be okay. We decided to go on offense and start an effort to engage as many as we could proactively to address the devastating impact that, is cur that this current environment is having on the emotional well-being of individuals. Thank you for joining us and being a part and being willing to be a part of this effort to be proactive. We believe that the creativity of many is far more powerful than the creativity of just one or two. We're holding these huddles every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday in an effort to both be a support to those who are struggling, but also to brainstorm and work together, to share and create strategies to inject hope and optimism where there may be doubt and despair. Now, before I introduce our guest panelists today, I'd like to remind participants of some of the parameters of these huddles. We welcome your participation, and we hope that you will be a part of the conversation. At the same time, we ask that people not use this forum as a place to vent complain, or criticize. We want to keep these huddles positive so as to inspire optimism and hope. However, we also want to acknowledge the real suffering and grief that people are experiencing. We want to give a shout out to all those who are risking their lives on the front lines of this battle and caring for those who have the virus. They are truly heroes. Our hopes and prayers go out to all those who have the virus and are suffering or are at risk of dying. We pray for their speedy recovery, and for all those who have lost loved ones, we expend, extend our sincerest condolences. Now, there are four primary purposes of these huddles. To support those who are struggling, to brainstorm strategies to help, to promote resources, and to engage collaboration. Now, I'm going to turn my camera on, and Bill, I'm going to ask you to do the same. and. Let me introduce our guest panelist today, Bill Anderson. Bill, can you see me? Awesome. I'm good. Bill's a friend of mine and a health benefits innovation strategist and consultant that I worked with for many years. <clears throat> Bill, why don't you take just a minute before we get into our discussion about the battles within and just introduce yourself. Well, first of all, I appreciate being here. It's awesome. I, You know, I'm actually starting to get used to a little bit sitting in this chair and comfortable spot in my home instead of a conference room or some something. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm starting to get used to this a little bit. But uh, I, I come to you folks. Um, Daryl and I, I think we came into the industry about the same time back in the early 80s and have been committed to uh, this healthcare space for a really long time. Um, you know, I'm just going to say this in this space, uh, and I, I don't normally introduce myself this way, but from the time I was a little kid, I, I was an adopted kid, and I and I was raised by parents, particularly a mother who had many, many, many medical conditions. She couldn't have children. And so we were all adopted. I'm the oldest of three. And that was awesome. But we watched our mom go through a lot of challenges all our entire lives. 17 major operations by the time you're a senior in high school, 70 total. She's 83. We really still have no idea how she's alive today other than just pure faith. <clears throat> and, and I grew up in an environment where I looked at the medical industry from a very unique perspective. And somewhere along the line, a, uh, I think a little computer chip went off in me and said, I'm going to work to make a difference in this industry. So everything that I have done in my motivation to help people get in, get access to exciting, interesting, preventative, and the best medical care they could possibly get. It's been something that has been ingrained in me since I was very, very young. And so today it's really no different. I mean, today we face a coronavirus. 
Um, tomorrow it's going to be something else. You know, it's been other things that we've faced in the past. Um, so I, I, I love this industry. I love the ability to share the things that we have access to, the kinds of tools that we can share with in individuals and employers. I'm the managing partner for a company called Redirect Healthcare down in Phoenix. And essentially we are a uh, super um, concierge medicine program that guides you through healthcare, this very confusing process. We help manage healthcare. We manage office visits. We manage surgical needs. We manage all of those things so that you don't have to. And, and it's a very cool opportunity. It's something that I've never done. I've always been involved in every, you know, helping everybody navigate, okay, I have a deductible, I have a coinsurance, I have a copay, and I have a network. Now what do I do? And, and, uh, and, I, and I think people are exhausted with that. And, oh, wait a minute, do I have an HSA or an HRA or Section 125? What does that mean? What are my tax benefits? And, oh, wait, I only make $15 an hour, so I can't put any money in it anyway. <laughs> so, so navigating through all of that is really challenging, and we try to help people avoid that problem. So that's what I do. And, and uh, there's been, a, as you know, many, many, many years of experience on lots of fronts, from self-funding to third-party administration work to list goes on. So I'm just really grateful to be here. Well, thank you, Bill. And um, as you may recall, a few days ago, you and I were spending some time talking about some of the impressive battle strategists of all time and how can we use some of those same strategies to work on the battles we have within ourselves, which often can be um, the greatest battle we ever experience. In fact, I love the Marines billboard that many of you may have seen um, that says our greatest battle is the battle within ourselves. Um, and, And maybe what I'd like to do, first of all, is to start the conversation. Let's maybe... Think about some of those battles that we have. And I've got a few in mind I'd like to talk today about. But before we start throwing those out, I would like to invite, we have a number of people on the webinar and some very dear friends of mine that I'm hoping will agree to jump on and be a part of the conversation. You don't have to turn your camera on. Just be willing to turn on your audio, particularly those who are health coaches, who deal with these helping people change behavior and change um, create goals and and accomplish goals, I'm going to ask you to simply raise your hand um, on on your control panel to let me know that you're willing for me to turn your audio on, and I will turn on your audio and then would love for you to join the conversation. And thank you. I'm going to turn on Amber. And Jody, and see who else has turned on or raised their hand. So, Amber, Jody, you have muted your phone, which is fine. Amber, can you hear me? I can. Thank you. I was really hoping you would raise your hand <laughs> because I know oh. you're, you're a health coach and you're someone that I've worked with, and I would love your input in this discussion. So, uh, and Jody, also, thank you for joining us. How are you today? I'm really good. How are you? Awesome. So maybe we can start with um, Bill. What are some, um, all of you, share with us just some of the battles and maybe specifically, what are some of the battles that we're all dealing with right now during this pandemic? Throw just a couple out, Bill, and then we'll let Amber and Jody throw some out. Are you you talking about on the personal basis or are you talking about on the employer basis? No, on a personal basis. Well, I think on the personal basis, the the isolation thing, um, you know, even those of, even many people who think they're, you know, they like to spend a lot of time by themselves, everything's changed. You know, they're really isolated now. I mean, we, yep. uh, we, 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 are not socially engaging. We're not, it's like we've just entered into a giant text world, you know, where the only thing we do is use media instead of human interaction. You know, we're not passing people. We're not next to people. We're not sitting in a restaurant feeling emotions. We're, 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 in, a, we're in an isolated state more than we've ever been before. Right. I think the other thing is, is that we have, because I don't, I don't know that any of us have ever been here before that I remember, um, there's an uncertainty of what do I do today. There's, there's, there's a focus challenge. 
do I continue to do the same things? Do I even have a job? Do, does my job work like it used to work? Am I, am, am I, what do I do? How do I do it? So I think that there's a, I think there's a focus perspective. And then the other thing that I think is probably a, a really big one is, is how do I manage my, my personal health? I'm not going to the gym. Um, how do I how do I even know if I have a strengthened immune system or a weakened one? How do I know? I mean, most of the time I just get up, I do my breakfast, I get the kids out the door, I go to work, I do my thing, I interact with my friends. I don't stop and think about how awesome is my immune system on any given day, you know. So I think those are just a few things that I think people are really nervous about. And 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 with all due respect to people that are out in the media. I think there's a giant. I think there's a giant fear uh, that is being uh, proposed out in society, um, and I don't think I don't think that's all true. Um, we live in an amazing world with amazing people, with amazing brains, and the ability to do things, and we've overcome everything. Um, through inspiration or whatever God you believe in, or, or we've been able to inspire and conquer for centuries as human beings. And, and I, just, I, I just think this fear thing is crushing people. So those are just a few. Okay. Amber, share with us some of the things that, um, that come to your mind. Yeah, thank you for letting me speak today, Daryl. And um, I can second... Um, one of the things that was at the forefront of my mind that Bill mentioned and something I've um, been practicing myself during this change and the situation and also doing a lot of coaching around is um, letting people know that it's okay to really recognize and acknowledge um, the, the stressful feelings in the situation. And like Bill said, it's, I'm thinking the first time for all of us, a global pandemic that we're going through. So there are so many um, first times for so many aspects of our life right now. So we don't know really what we're supposed to be doing all the time. We are unsure, and then we're trying not to let also maybe our other family members and kids feel unsure and un uncertain about things, um, we're really working hard to try to feel normal when nothing feels normal. And how I've been trying to look at it is more, I, I, I say kind of embracing the suck, but also just like naming it and being okay with recognizing my feelings of grief because that's what I feel like I've lost a lot of things that I was familiar with and I'm in this whole new world and I feel a lot of grief. So I recognize that and I make sure our um, clients also are, are being able to speak and say out loud what they're feeling so that those uncomfortable feelings don't just continue to eat us up and we just bury it and bury it and bury it um, for the long term, you know, um, effects that those things that those negative feelings being buried will have on our health and our well-being. Um, so I just really think that um, also reinforcing that there's a dual mindset to this. Um, there's the side that we can hold both sides of the mind in, in the uncertainty and feelings of stress. It's okay to recognize those things, but we also, also should take some time to recognize how our lives are maybe less stressful. Um, in the introduction today, um, there was that emphasis I loved that I saw right when we started of the things that we're, we're maybe going to look back on, hopefully, I would hope we can, and say, you know, those we did slow down, and I did take more time for my family, and I did take more breaks and walks and appreciation and gratitude for the small things in um, my life that maybe I didn't recognize and notice and value as much. So um, I do think on the other side, also helping people and ourselves um, gain perspective that 
anything that's uncomfortable, excuse me, anything that's uncomfortable um, that we've gone through in our lives in general, always, if we've made it through it on the other side, there's always been some type of growth, some type of new skill or maybe habit or perspective and change and appreciation for our lives on the other side. So those are some of my thoughts on this and what I've been really working with people um, in the field of coaching on lately. Great. Thanks, Amber. How about you, Jody? So good morning. Uh, thank you for asking. So, uh, and I apologize, our fire alarm keeps going off. So let me, um, turn. I'm going to go to a different room. Hold on. Sorry. So that's one of the challenges we have. <laughs> um, so, you know, my focus has always been about self-care. And unlike, I think, most people in the world, I don't worry at all about my immune system. And because I have a focus of teaching people how to support your immune system so that you don't have to ever think about this um, and what specific foods um, support the immune system unique to each individual. And we do testing and we know specifically uh, which nutrient is good for you. So, and being that I'm a product of the product, and I apologize again for that alarm, Andrew's working to get it turned you know, off. You know, Jody, Jody it's, a funny, it's a funny metaphor because what you do is teach people so their immune system or alarm doesn't go off like that. It's really cool. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and and, and can I be – I don't know if there's – can you guys see me or not? No, no. We, just, we just can hear you. Oh, okay. How do I turn on? Um, because okay. it's a webinar, only those that have been pre-invited to be guest panelists can be viewed on the camera. So I really can't. No worries. Yeah, no worries. So, so yeah. So um, my personal worries are that I activity is tough right now. Right, getting that activity up, um, and um, and prioritization. So I'm doing a complete redirect, and. Uh, we were doing business to business mostly and um, to bring wellness to corporations and um, specifically bringing peace because we know that stress is one of the biggest um, will deplete your immune system. So if we can bring peace, like to me, um, To me, that's where the power is, but right. not my power, the power for others. Right. Well, and, and all those things that we've talked about are things that, to some degree, it's how it's our own behavior, and really, in many respects, it's kind of the enemy within. How do we turn the enemy without, the pandemic, into how do we make, how do we deal internally with some of the challenges that we have? And so today... As like I said, Bill and I were talking the other day, how do we apply some of the best battle strategies that good um, military strategists use in attacking their enemies? How do we use best practices to address our own enemies, whether they're stress or whether it's fear or whether it's just behaviors, like getting out and exercise? How do we, how do we engage in behaviors that we want to engage in? In fact, um, I'm going to see if I can bump to the next Oops. slide here. Um, behavior is not easy. Behavior is one of the hardest things there is to, to change. Um, and so, Amber, give me just your perspectives, because you do this all day with people, helping people change behavior. What are some of the um, strategies that you find most successful in helping people change behavior when they identify behavior they'd like to change? Well, I I would say in general, even outside of the situation, it's very similar. Um, I always meet people where they are. I ask them what they think they can um, change realistically. I try to make sure that it's a small, measurable 
of change that they can make. And then I really work with them to sit down and explore and investigate exactly how that's going to look for them, where in their day or in their life are they going to try to implement that change. And then I, you know, I also let them know that I can help them with the accountability and we can check in. And I also reassure, reassure them that things can change, but it does take time and effort and persistence and um, that there will be slips, but they don't always have to be complete falls, that they can get right back up and try it again. And that's part of the human experience is, is failing over and over again at trying to make changes, especially in the beginning. Nice. I, I'm going to maybe just address and then, uh, Bill, share your thoughts. But, you know, we all struggle, you know, when it comes to this battle within, we all have an amygdala. That part of our brain that's probably one of the oldest parts of our brain that doesn't like change. It's that emotional part of our brain that when we when we create a habit, it likes to stay in that habit. And, and I truly believe all of us have certain ruts that we would like to get out of, and we attempt to get out of those because our thinking brain, our prefrontal cortex, says, I want to change. And Amber, just like you said, you know, it's about helping people identify what is most important to you to change. And then coming up with with your prefrontal cortex, a plan that's going to overcome that reluctance that our amygdala has of making change. Because our amygdala doesn't like change. Now, when we incorporate a good habit, our amygdala likes to keep that habit. But we all have habits that we do or things that we that we struggle with. And maybe just... You know, right now, it could be watching too much news. I mean, you know, thank goodness that we have the news and that we can learn and, and receive kind of a, a perspective on some of the really difficult, where the battle is the, you know, the most difficult, like in New York and, and the hospitals and so forth. Thank goodness that we have that. But, but if we spend too much time, you know, fear can be very paralyzing. And if we spend too much time watching the news, that could just, you know, be destructive to our own well-being. So, you know, in my mind, it's kind of that battle between our amygdala that's not a conscious part of our brain. We can't think through our amygdala, but it still has tremendous impact on our behavior. And, and, and trying to get the prefrontal cortex to adopt strategies to overcome those desires to kind of stay in a rut. So, Bill, what are your thoughts along those lines? Well, <clears throat> I appreciate this conversation. I'm a much simpler guy. You guys maybe understand a lot more of the detail of the of the the brain and thinking process. I mine started my belief systems around this started when I was very young. My grandfather was an expert fly fisherman, so by the time I was eight, nine, ten years old, I was on the river with him. And there's two things that he taught me that I think apply to this very, very well, and apply to some of the other thinking I've I've applied to this reality. Um. Whatever you, whatever you focus on or whatever you hold your attention to holds you. So I'm a little, I'm a boy. I'm trying to learn how to cross the Provo River. The river's looking deep and scary, and there's some rapids, and I'm totally focused on that instead of the focus on where to put my feet underneath those on the ground for solid footing because I can't see it and or it just looks scary, even though it's only two feet of water. Yeah. So I was focusing so much on the fear of the water moving that I wasn't focusing on the solution. So you learn a little interesting things. And the other thing that he taught me was you better want the consequences of what you want because you're going to get them all. So if you focused on those negative things or focused on the scary things or focused on the things that were taking you down, guess what you're going to get? And this was very consistent as I got older, you know, as a man, think is so easy, and all of the thinking that goes around in that space. Um, I had an interesting opportunity to live overseas for a time over in Japan and, and, and learn a lot of Eastern uh, uh, philosophies, little Eastern perspectives, uh, Sun Tzu, uh, even though he's not Japanese. Um, a lot of interesting perspective of, thinking and what holds your attention really, really does control your life. So if you, if you have, let's just call it, uh, 
crappy or potty thinking, no pun intended, but if you have bad thinking, and that's what you're processing all the time, and I'm scared, and I'm negative, and I'm fat, and I'm ugly, and I'm, I don't know how I'm going to survive, and, I'm not, I, 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 and, and there's a constant state of I don't knows, I'm scared, I'm fearfuls. Well, you're going to get all of that. Congratulations. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you want to make change, my perspective as a 59-year-old guy, if you want to make change, you need to focus differently and you need to grab the stuff because there's constant feedback coming from everywhere, whether it's your own brain or whether it's the outside world or whether it's your businesses or your family. There's constant stuff coming. Yep. In my case, I just learned to hear it, meet it where it's at, and much like water flow past it. I, I don't have to believe or even if I've acknowledged that I just heard it, I don't have to believe all of these nasty things. I don't have to believe all of this fearful stuff. The things that matter to me and the things that are relevant and let my, let me decide around that and take enough control of my own head to be able to make a decision whether something mattered or not. Um, and, and if I need more study on it, I go get more study on it. If I need more education, I get more education. I get feedback from people that are experts and not just emotional uh, uh, mongers, for lack of a better description, and and so I think that all all I love the things that have been said on this call by the others. Uh, I I think that all of this matters, but I think a healthy brain for me. Really, be careful what you focus on. Really, be careful what you focus on, because you're going to get it. You are going to get it. You know, Grandpa was right. You're going to get the consequences of what you want. You want to have a great marriage. You better you. Better focus on a great marriage. You want to have a crappy one? You're going to focus on a crappy one. You're fat? Focus on fat. And guess what? You're going to get fatter. You want to get healthy? You, you know, you get healthy. You, and, and, and you can't. And the thing I think that's really important with behavior, like let's say that I, let's say that I wanted to take this time and learn how to read better, or, or not learn how. I wanted to read some more books, right? You can't walk into the room that's got the TV and the video games and all the apparatus to be able to distract you, you got to go into a room where you can read. Go into a room where the books are. Go yeah. into a room where you can have some private time. If, if you're overweight and you know you're overweight and you know you got some changes you got to make in your consumption, get rid of some of the things you need to and start to do some exercises that you can do at home in privacy, that you can do in your immediate space. Walk around the block. You know, do the things that you can do. You don't have to go onto the Internet and find some super athlete program and be doing, you know, killer burpees every day. You know, come on, really? Let, let's, get, let's get realistic. And so I think, that, I think the flow like water thing to me I think is consistent with the comment that's already been made. You know, you meet yourself where you're at. You meet other people where they're at. Well, and to that point, one of the things you shared with me when it comes to Sensu was – his strategy said you can be sure to su in succeeding in your attacks if you only attack places which are undefended. Now convert that into our own behavior and adapt that. And it's you can be sure in succeeding in your habits if you only build habits which are easy to maintain. In other words, take small incremental bites. Now I'm going to open it up again. Please, if you would like to join the conversation, if you've got things you'd like to say, Please raise your hand, and I'll turn on your mic. But, Jody, share your thoughts along these lines. Thank you. Um, so here's the scoop. First of all, um, is, is it Bill? I, I just thought. Yes. The, yes. Bill, um, totally on board with what you're saying. Um, I've read the book, The Law, um, is it The Secret, which is about the law of attraction, right? You, you manifest what you think of most. Um, so I, I love that concept and, and I also feel though that there are, and I think Daryl understands this completely, there are a lot of people that have been so traumatized, they can't turn off their brain. Would you agree, Daryl? hundred percent, one hundred percent. I, I, I would agree with you that there, there, yeah, and I want to hear what you have to say. So I'm just going to say a hundred percent. Yes. Thank you, thank you. So, um, and I'm, I'm struggling, one of the things that we've been struggling with here 
You know, so we, um, and, I, and I don't mean for this to sound like a sales call, it's not. It's really a true struggle. We lead people to wellness. That's our tagline, okay? And one of the devices that I have, which is really inexpensive, it's like 500 bucks. It's called a BOD, and I've talked to Daryl about it many, many times. And it does a reset on the neural network, and it helps with people's brain health. So what that does is it's calming. It's white noise. It, it calms the brain. And in a time like this, I struggle, like really struggle. Like how do you get this out to people? Because everybody's traumatized, and they're going to focus on their fear, and you need to let your faith be bigger than your fear, right? And without coming across like you're this big salesperson, when really we're just trying to help people heal. Because the, the virus is going to come and go, right? And your brain's going to stay. And how you're going to heal your brain is up to you. And there's a lot of ways to do it, too. It's not just the body. You can do uh, transcendental meditation. You can do, there's like so many different options for brain health. And, um, and so I struggle, like, you know, how do you do this? Like, how do you get people this word without them getting, people are kind of nasty right now. You know, they think that you're just trying to sell them stuff. Well, and, and to that point, that's one of the reasons we really initiated this movement is to say, how can we create a grassroots effort to combine people's creativity to, in a positive way, assist those who are struggling? Amber, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. You're you're muted. You're you've muted yourself. So I'm going to ask you to take yourself off mute. There you Sorry. go. Sorry, I'm back. Um, how I've been helping some of my sites, and obviously when I talk right now about what I've been doing as a health coach, I've been really doing this myself and more focused on myself too so I can reset and keep myself in a good um, place or as best a place as I can while I'm going through this. So when I say what I'm doing for others, I'm also doing for myself, um, which is of critical importance through this. Um, I've created uh, some meditations for many clients and sites. Uh, where we just find moments in our day where we can progressively relax uh, the mind and body and bring ourselves into the present moment. I have created a small event called The Power of Social Connection where we are using Zoom and coming online talking about how um, we feel about things, um, relating to each other, uh, communicating fears and uncertainties um, and you know obviously encouraging people to create if they haven't a small toolbox to start with self-care practices um, and for people that do have habits in place making sure that they're at, at going back to those habits and not losing um, some of those habits I, I think it was um, someone on the call today said something about how, you know, we've been using our exercise, and I've talked to people that aren't exercising anymore because they actually went to a physical gym. Um, so I've been talking to people just about how they have this amazing ability to use their own body and lots of different things out in nature and, and in their homes that they could maintain their um, physical health. Um, and reminding them how it really just changes their physiology completely um, when they do get active and stay moving. Um, so those are some examples. I'd like to introduce um, a habit that we all have that right now is perhaps one of our greatest enemies when it comes to this virus. Uh, Bill, you and I talked about this a little bit, but when you listen to a lot of the advice out there, you know, truly we think of the front lines as being the hospitals where these patients are being served and where, you know, the first responders are having to pick these people up from their 
their homes and, and the hospital where they're being treated. But if we really look at the front line, I think the front line is our own self. And um, some, some great comments that have been made um, have been, and I think some of you may have watched the video done by Dr. David Price the other day, but he, he's a doctor right in the middle of the heart of New York at the, in the ICU of the hospital that's dedicated to COVID-19. And he says, you know, I am not afraid of getting this virus. And he says it's because I'm diligently and vigilantly doing three things. I am keeping my hands clean. And then the one I want to talk about is I'm not touching my face. You know, the studies show that we touch our face about 20 times every hour. And yet that's one of the greatest things that we can do is overcome that personal habit of touching our face. Because if we never touch our face, you know, our, our nose, our eyes, our mouth, even if we have the virus on our hands and we don't keep them clean, it won't get in our body as easily. That, that seems to be, according to this physician, how most people are getting it into their body as they're touching their face. Uh, and then, of course, social distancing is the other third thing. But let's talk for just a second about how do you address a habit like touching your face when if we really look at the front lines of this war and this battle, it's every one of us learning to, you know, keep our hands clean, but, but then overcoming that tendency to want to touch our face. So let's address that habit for just a second. And, and how do we overcome a habit of not touching our face? Anybody have any thoughts on that? Well, I, I was going to say something, but I've touched my face like 10 times while I've been sitting here. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I think, <laughs> I think it was Jody that made this point. Let's just call this subject one of those things that we all do, right? And we don't even pay it. It's subconscious, kind of like some of the pains and behaviors and habits that people have, right? I think so subconsciously we do that. Um, you know, I mean, if, if you've got to start pumping different messages in. I mean, and this is a new message to us, you know. I mean, my mom told me to wash my hands when I was a little kid, you know, all the time. Wash them, wash them, wash them. Um, it, Okay, you know, I don't know that that message has changed all that much, but but maybe maybe just being and having a little bit more fun with the conscious awareness, you know, at home, you know, with the kids and and uh, and, and each other, and you know, hey, wash your hands, you know, and uh, don't mess up the makeup, and uh, you, you know, and don't, I mean, just have a little fun with it, you know, and start to change that, make that more aware you know, uh, and, and start to change the neural pathway of the message, you know, so that my neural pathway is not just programmed and I just touch my face, touch my face, touch my face, you know, scratch my beard, you know, itch my nose, you know, da da da, da. you know, maybe there's just, uh, you just, just make it, make a conscious awareness and start to change that neural pathway. Amber, what are your thoughts as a health coach and particularly a behavioral health coach? How, how should we address this effort that we all should be striving to do to stay protected from the virus of keeping from touching our face? Yeah, I was laughing um, when I was thinking I might have to answer this because I tend to um, stick my fingers near my mouth often, and I struggle with a, this one myself. Um, I, I totally agree with everything Bill just said. Just like anything we want to change, drawing our awareness to the importance that that's something that we want to change and then practicing it because there is no way we will perfect that. And um, it is unnatural and subconscious for us to do it often. Uh, it's unnatural for us to think that we can change that um, going forward forever. And it's subconscious that we do it um, for most of us. I think um, I think yeah, I guess you could do the old rubber band trick on your wrist and snap yourself with a rubber band or something if you catch yourself doing it um, to reinforce it's not a good behavior. I guess that would be one way of doing something um, to prevent you from um, doing it over and over again, and... Um, Would that work? 
Yeah, there you go. Yeah, cover. Just put a bottle over your head. <laughs> Here, here's an idea. Yeah, you, could, you, could gloves. you could wear gloves in the house, I guess, if you really are, you know, touching your face often. Um, Mittens. Yeah. For me, if I do it in my house, I'm not as I'm not as um, um, worried about it because I've washed my hands or I'm in my home, right. and I feel pretty secure. But obviously, when I've just left a store, I'm way more conscientious about it. So just, um, you know, giving yourself a little break if you do it at home, um, you know, you're a little bit more diligent and safe in your environment there. So just bringing your awareness there, and 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 that's really, I think, the best we can do, and not not really judging yourself too hard or becoming panicky if you have. Um, I think that just will worsen the situation. You know, Dr. Price said, he, he suggested that when you're out, away from your protected home environment, wear a mask, not because you're afraid of breathing in the virus, but wear a mask to protect yourself from your hands. You know, your worst enemy could very well be your hands, especially when you're out. So wear a mask. In fact, I'll tell you, my wife made a mask for my daughter the other day, and they came down and, and, uh, and modeled it. And I said, I want one. So she made me one, too. So I have a mask that I could wear when I get out if I want to keep myself from touching my face. Or I can wear the big shield, too. That, that's another idea. Um, but thinking about this as a battle, this is really the front line of the battle is to protect yourself from yourself. Jody, what, uh, what comments do you have about this? So uh, thank you for asking. So I'm very visual. So I'm going to tell you what I did to change a behavior in my past. I'm promising you it's not super positive, <laughs> but it worked. So when I was changing my lifestyle to go from eating processed foods and foods that were not organic, when I would go down the grocery aisle, I imagined a cross, a crossbone, yeah, because Andrew reminded me because I taught him this. I imagined a crossbone, or the cross, skull, skull and crossbones on the food that was conventional or processed because I'm just visual. So I looked at it as poison. Now, we don't want to look at our face or our hands as poison because that's not very loving. So, <laughs> so, but I suppose that we could just create, like for me, I think I would create something visual like um, something but more positive. I'm telling you what I did in the past was negative, but it worked. I think I would imagine something like creating health does not include, and I would have some sort of visual of health, that every time that I go to touch my face, which I do like 50 million times a day, um, I would create something more positive that I'm creating health and have an image for myself. By not doing that. Right. Yeah. But I'm a visual person, so I don't know. But that's how I did it before, and I don't eat anything now that's conventional. I don't eat anything that's processed, so um, it worked. You so, probably don't want to skull and crossbones. I'd like to read something that I came across yesterday. So there's an organization called Floating Doctors, where doctors go around the country and provide support across you know, to, um, various countries. And, and a doctor, Ben Labrat, is kind of pushing this effort of don't touch your face. Uh, we have to break the face-touching norm ASAP. And here's what he wrote. He said, research has found that people touch their faces more than 20 times an hour on average, and about 44% of the time it involves contact with our eyes, our nose, or our mouth. The new and interactive campaign that they're basically sponsoring uh, encourages individuals to secure, create, do it yourself, and wear, particularly when it and if it's absolutely necessary to be out at home, a protective mosquito net or veil barrier to ensure mindfulness and awareness around breaking the habit. Be on the lookout, look out for hashtag DTYF, which stands for don't touch your face in the days ahead. Uh, he goes on to say, touching your face must stop right now. Hopefully those of us who aren't working on the healthcare front lines or as part of an essential service or social distancing and in quarantine at this point. And if you aren't, you need to be. 
We also recognize that people to an extent will have to go get groceries and participate carefully in essential activities. So we're calling on the public to try something out to knock out the face touching habit. This is an experiment in reasonable action and behavior modification. But why a mosquito net or veil? Well, floating doctors travel to sea or by sea to provide free health care for people in remote coastal areas. We deal with tropical disease all the time. And we realize that by using one of the simplest tools at our disposal, we can create a literal barrier of mindfulness. We're launching this campaign as soon as possible, and we encourage you to come along with us. Design your own, make it your own, and try it out at home, at the grocery store, or even on a Zoom call with your colleagues. The goal is to break the habit. Here's an interesting way to do it. In the coming days, floating doctors will officially launch and activate the Don't Touch Your Face campaign. To reach the Midwest population, the widest population, is it possible to remind them of the importance of not performing this common behavior? I thought that was interesting. I thought I would share that. Anybody have any comments about his idea of a net? I, I, I won't, I'm going to be Billy Raincloud just for a minute. Um, I totally agree with the fact that we need to change the habits and we need to do this, and I'm not looking for an excuse to touch my face 20 times an hour like I do. But I think that there is a tremendous tenderness. Like if I were to be sitting with one of my daughters who just lost her, her friend just lost her little four-year-old. She passed away the other day. And Tori needed a, my daughter needed a, a, just a dad conversation, a dad visit, a wiping away of a tear, a reaching out and touching, a moment. I think that there's a sensitivity of things that we need to be mindful of. I love that doctor in New York's perspective. I'm not going to get this because I'm at some level going to defy it at my cellular level. And I don't I think that humans have way more power than they use, certainly, in their mind and in their spirit and their in the combination of the strength of the of, of the spirit and the body. And I think that you guys that come from the space of wellness and prevention and the strength of, of thinking and doing and behavior you know, I'm I'm jealous of you guys. I'm a I'm a boring, practical guy that works in the healthcare side. I don't I, I hang with all of you guys because you think so much in this other realm, uh, or more naturally in this other realm. But I think that there's a there's a very small percentage of the people that that think the way that you do. They want to think the way that you do. They want to think in the in the realm of of um, behavior and 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 yet they live in a habitual crazy space that is easier to believe fear so i don't want to lose this is a billy raincloud side i don't want to lose the tenderness and the sensitivity that comes with human engagement and and i and if i get coronavirus and die from it because i flick a tear or wipe a tear from my own face or from the face of another damn sorry about the you know the, the 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 swearing or the french but but i i don't know that i i, I would want to live in a space that i couldn't have some of that sensitivity still you know what i mean so i think there's just i think it's a fine line and i i think it's a tender line i think that it's really important that we do have the good behaviors of health and and certainly i need to get my own mask daryl i love that if you have an extra one that little plastic thing i certainly need to because i just do it and I'm sure I need to stop at the level I'm at. But I, I don't want to swing the pendulum so far that 10 years from now, we look and we look at each other and we feel like we're in a movie because all we do is we stand in front of each other and text and or we stand at 10 feet and say, how are you? And, oh, I can see you're hurting, but I'm not coming over there. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? That's a good point. And, and yet on the flip side, too, when we think about, you know, we may say, hey, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die. We have to keep in in, in mind that our if we if we get the virus, we're not the only people we're affecting. 
because right. we get the virus. I get it. All those, you know, ambulance drivers and all those ICU nurses and all those doctors at the hospital, we're putting all of them who are on the front lines at even greater risk. So I, I agree I with you. There's, there's certainly a sensitivity and, and we have to, but, but I really, I really think this is an incredibly important effort that this doctor is doing and doesn't have to be in that, but, but I think realizing that perhaps one of our greatest enemies that we can do something about, every one of us, is to really address those three simple things. Keep your hands clean, don't touch your face, and keep your distance. But at the same time, stay connected with people. Now, we're about out of time. And what I'd like to do in just the last few minutes is thank everyone, Bill, Amber, Jody, for your participation, and all those that have participated. I'd also like to just mention that we've got another one of these coming up on Monday. And um, we have Amelia Forchek and Chrissy Chin that will be joining us. And they'll be discussing being a parent during this crazy time. And please jump on, participate in the conversation. But they're going to just like Bill today be our guest speakers then on Monday. Um, Amelia happens to be a, a New York Times bestseller ghost writer, writer a, a model, a mother. Uh, Chrissy is a, a young living gold leader who runs her own online business called Grow Workspace and a mother of two. Uh, and then next Wednesday, we have Dave Contorno, who is the um, founder and CEO of ePower Benefits and a genuine influencer in the healthcare space, particularly in innovation. He's one of the most resilient people I've ever met, both in his own personal life as well as in his business life. Now, immediately following the huddle, there's going to be a survey that we'll ask you to participate in, giving us feedback. Uh, thank you for those that participated earlier on our huddle on Wednesday. Your feedback is very helpful. Um, and if you've got ideas, suggestions, things, that resources that we can put on the website, goingonoffense.com, please share those with us and we can share those. What I'd like to do in, um, in closing today is we have launched in our own effort to drive this idea of don't touch your face, keep your hands clean, keep your distance, um, a challenge. So we're going to offer, or we're offering $1,000 to whoever builds a video that promotes those three things and uses the hashtag going on offense, um, yeah, going on offense. And at the end of April, for whichever video gets the most likes on the, the various um, social media channels like YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and um, LinkedIn, whoever gets the most likes, we're going to give $1,000 to. So the, I'm going to share in closing today, I think this is a great way to, to finish off the, um, the huddle, a, a video that one of um, one of the Young, the sons of one of our employees put together is probably the first one that's been done, but I think it's a great, uh, it's a great way to end today's conversation and, and hear from a, a, a courageous young man who's willing to be a part of this. So I'm going to show that right now. And, and we're signing off. So again, thank you everyone. Thanks for participating. Thanks Amber. Thanks Jody. Thanks Bill.